Welcome to Queer and LGBTQ Live Entertainment Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Villar, and with me, as always, is Megan Wilson. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. So today, guys, we have a very special guest for our show today. Uh, he is a costume designer uh, for uh, the, the Broadway Hamilton, also a Tony Award-winning costume designer, and a four-time Tony-nominating um, costume designer. Is that correct? Uh, no, more than four times. I think it was six. Oh. Six, six times. <laughs> yeah, one, one there way. you go. No, hey, that's hey. You know what? <laughs> more, more than I've ever gotten. <laughs> so it's my greatest honor to introduce Paul Taswell. How are you, Paul? I'm well, thanks. Thanks, Philip and and Megan for having me on. It's really a delight. No, thank you. Thank yeah, thanks you. for coming um, out. This coming is, on, yes. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so um, for those uh, for those who are new or who are just kind of picking up, uh, we are focusing, we are continuing our focus on uh, Black queer artists within our live entertainment industry, you know, with the thought all Black Lives Matter and uh, with Pride Month being kind of conjoined right now. I think it goes without saying, obviously, uh, and people tend to forget that the Stonewall riots and the reason why we have Pride was started by black queer people and specifically black trans women. And we want to be able to provide these people and others uh, a microphone and a platform to be able to talk their stories. Because right now, especially, these stories are being explored and they're being um, focused on media, on different kinds of media through storytelling or the news. And we want to be able to provide that platform as well uh, to future guests. Paul right now is our second guest, and we are looking uh, for to adding at least one or two more guests for the rest of the month. That being said, Paul, uh, tell us about tell the viewers about yourself if uh, if they don't already know. Okay. Um, well, I uh, uh, was born in Akron, Ohio, and grew up there uh, all through uh, grade school, middle school, and high school. Um, while I was in high school, uh, I was uh, I was in a high school that had a performing arts program, um, and so uh, through that was introduced to the world of theater and dance, and um, uh, fell in love with that uh, that kind of work and decided to make that a career. So. Uh, I, I made the decision to go to New York. Uh, I actually entered into Pratt Institute uh, as a fashion major um, because I uh, had developed a love of clothing as well and thought that might be a, a career base that I could fall back on should things not work out in theater uh, performance. Um, while I was there, uh, realized that there really wasn't any time to, and the resource to uh, pursue my draw to acting and and dance. And so I decided to transfer to uh, North Carolina School of the Arts in Winston-Salem. And I was there for three years, Uh, an amazing uh, institution. Um, I uh, received a really great straightforward uh, but but strong and knowledgeable uh, education uh, and also um, I I did a lot of uh, you know maturing internally you know uh, as a designer and as uh, as a person overall as a gay person overall um, and uh, the next step at that time which was, uh, let's see, that was the, the years of 82 to 86. Uh, my decision was to then enter into a graduate program uh, to continue my education as a uh, theater de- designer. Uh, and I was accepted into NYU, into their program, uh, the NYU Tisch School of the Arts. Uh, I uh moved back to the New York area. I was actually living in Jersey, Jersey City uh, and uh, started that program, a three-year program uh, for graduate study and uh, ended up graduating, graduating in 89. Um, and uh, then uh, gratefully and fortunately, uh, I started working as a designer soon after that, just you know that next year. Um, it was at a time when uh, there were there were a lot of uh, new plays that, that were being written uh, by and about black people. Uh, 
And uh, so theaters around the country were searching for designers uh, of color to be able to match up with directors of color and, you know, so they could uh, broaden their, um, their diversity. Uh, and so that start, started uh, my career. And uh, I guess, you know, we're, we're looking at 27 years after that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, here I am. That's fantastic. Uh, I think um, I think it goes without saying then that um, being you know especially being um, you know coming from a, a small town in Ohio you know I'm sure there was a lot to kind of like grasp and change um, in your progress working into New York City. Uh, can you talk talk to us a little bit about that process and that kind of like your willingness to kind of really expand and being able to be more comfortable around, you know, crowded cities and, you know, obviously different kinds of culture and attitude? Sure. I mean, Akron was uh, a great city to grow up in because there was, uh, it, you know, it was safe as far as, uh, uh, you know, the, my surroundings and, you know, the, the neighborhood that uh, I grew up in and uh, my family situation. Um, and it all also, uh, which I feel was kind of the tail end of, um, uh, you know, a, a, an interest in, in culture. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it had a lot to offer uh, as far as introduction uh, for, uh, you know, the younger people to get a taste of, you know, what they might, uh, then want to pursue. But I realized that where I wanted to get to uh, within the, um, uh, the, the theater uh, industry, it, I really had to leave. I mean, it wasn't gonna, it was, wasn't gonna provide uh, the, uh, um, the scope that I was hoping for uh, in, in Akron. Um, and, you know, as well, uh, you know, it's a smaller city, you know, it is a city, but it's a smaller city. And, you know, the, I guess, um, the personality of that city, uh, not that it was conservative, but uh, there wasn't like a really strong, uh, you know, gay community that mm -hmm. you know, I, I could then expand into. I mean, that, that community was the, you know, for me, it was the um, community theater community uh, and uh, what I could uh of, you know, experience through, through those people that I met within the, the uh, theater community there. I mean, there was Akron University and they, uh, you know, had, had a very strong program there. So also within that, you know, there, there was there was some, some exposure. I mean, you know, I, I think what was, uh, you know, definitely an element uh, of, of growth for me was, you know, right, right in 82, you know, it was when the AIDS crisis was just uh, starting. Um, yeah. So uh, how all of that uh, affected our community and how uh, our community was seen, um, you know, it, 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 it was something that we were still trying to figure out, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, the whole time that I was at Pratt, and you know that we and going into new york which was not a very safe city at all and then you know kind of uh retreating to uh winston-salem you know it's you know, all of that other you know very intense uh you know growth was happening uh in the city mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think um i think that was something that i find especially with um a lot of young um, people of color designers are having a hard time connecting with is uh, finding uh, people that resonate with them uh, on, you know, a mentorship level. You know, I, at least for me, this is for me personally, like I haven't found, you know, and, and I grew up in New York. So to me, my scope was, you know, strictly like off Broadway and Broadway. You know, I couldn't find any uh, Latino lighting designers, you know, or even projection designers. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, that was, that was, uh, you know, difficult for me to, you know, because then at that point, uh, when I started working at internships and started working and, and ended up actually working with uh, designers who, you know, who are white, you know, I, I did find myself a lot of times almost feeling insecure because I, I, I couldn't help but feel that I was, 
I was being like a charity case that it wasn't for my actual work ethic. It was like, oh, you're a person of color. Let me take you under my wing, you know, and, you know, show everybody that I'm not racist, you know, or, or something like that. Um, did you ever had any similar experiences with that as well? Being that, you know, there wasn't a lot of people of color in Broadway around that time. You know, you, you, you talked about briefly that, you know, people of color and black place really started to flourish in New right. York by the time of then. But right. like to get your foot in that door, uh, can you talk about that experience? Sure. I mean, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to uh, reel back a little bit to, you know, when I was at uh, School of the Arts and I was studying costume design yeah, um, and and uh, still had a desire to be a performer, you know, still wanted to be an actor and a dancer on Broadway. I mean, that was really, and I was trying to, I was weighing the two, you know, I was, I was, you know, very drawn to uh, costume design and, you know, and that kind of creativity, but I was uh, equally drawn to the world of performance. Um, I would say my second year really at, uh, at School of the Arts, um, or that, now they call it uh, University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it, I, I realized that my longevity, uh, uh, as far as a career, was potentially going to be longer if I uh, stuck with uh, costume design, because my, you know, my, it, it wouldn't be. Uh, about uh, age or how I looked or, you know, and, and even further, uh, I, I wouldn't be typecast, you know, that my, my at least my, my understanding at that time, you know, that, that I wouldn't uh, be typecast as a black man and uh, when I was being chosen to be a designer, mm-hmm. where, you know, I would definitely, you know, that would definitely be the case, uh, you know, at that time. Uh, as if, if I was going to be a performer, you know, and auditioning for a role, you know, I, I realized that I was only going to be uh, considered for very specific, you know, roles. Um, you know, if, as we speak of today, that has, you know, very much changed. You know, there, there are, you know, I'm, I'm talking about like leading, leading male roles. Most of those roles uh, at that time were played by white men. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, especially for musical theater, um, but you know, now we've come a long way within the you know the theater industry within the, and and the theater community. So, and it was going through that process. I mean, once I graduated, you know, the, the reason that, uh, as I was I was stating, the way that I entered into some of those theaters was because they had on their season a, a, a show about black people. You know, where they were mm-hmm. telling. The black experience, and uh, so I was invited into the theater as a collaborator, and I did what I do. You know, I put my all into what what the show was, and then also, um, you know, I was uh, networking while I was there, and uh, you know, people liked how I I worked. And, you know, they, they, even as a young designer, they, they decided that they would take a chance on uh, hiring me to do something other than, you know, specifically a black show. I was, mm-hmm. you know, what I found, uh, you know, a few, few years into that was how I was seen was as a black designer, as a designer that specifically does black shows or shows about people of color, yeah, uh, which was its own kind of pigeonhole. So I didn't... Uh, avoid or dodge the bullet of being typecast. I, you know, I very much was typecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I continued to, uh, you know, ch- show the, you know, the, the theater community what I could do. You know, I try, try my best to express myself as fully as possible with everything that I could do and how I wanted to uh, design, um, mm-hmm. which and uh, allowed them to see that, you know, my vision which was potentially much broader than what the original show was that I was being hired to do. For sure. Yeah. 
Uh, I think, um, you know, one of the things you talked about also was that, like, you know, that one moment that you were talking about how, like, you know, uh, act, uh, characters that have been traditionally cast by white people, you know, that you talked about showing that it can be played by people of color and black people. And I think um, no better example than that, obviously, would be Hamilton, mm -hmm. you know, considering mm -hmm. that, you know, you have an entire array of the founding fathers, you know, who are obviously traditionally white, you know, and, and wasps, and that, you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you, you and, um, and the rest of the creative team, and, you know, implied the, um, the creative, uh, what's it called, people of color. So, you know, um, can you talk about that process? Because I think that what, what was really interesting about your costumes for that, especially, is that though they were founded and uh, grounded on uh, traditional and in the time period outfits, you obviously had them wear it in a more characteristic of that fit that fit with the actor's perspective mm -hmm. of the characters that they were playing, yep. you know, like none of them were all stuffed, stuffed up and wearing powder wigs or anything like that. You had them, you know, very loose in their outfits. And, you know, obviously I'm sure some of it's because there's dancing involved, but right. uh, can you talk to us about that. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, you know, Hamilton was, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I all, will always see that production as uh, the culmination of all the years that led up to it. All, all of my experience uh, that came before uh, that production uh, defined how I designed that production, you know, defined my ability to be able to effectively design that production. Uh, because, it, you know, it was a, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a I think that as much as the next designer could, uh, a fusion of uh, of styles and periods that uh, you know, um, you know, ho hopefully smartly, uh, you know, kind of pulled on images that we collectively know, and and then you know, all of those together help to hold up the characters. Um, you know, I, I was asked to do that by, you know, uh, Tommy Kale, who's the director, and then Manuel Miranda, the creator, um, after we had done uh, the In the Heights, the original mm -hmm. production of In the Heights, Off-Broadway and then Broadway. And uh, there was oh, probably, uh, you know, at least five or six years between the time that we opened uh, In the Heights and when Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, the... Uh, workshop actually happened and you know when we were uh, at the public um but you know i it was very important uh experiencing the piece you know having experienced the piece through the workshop uh with the way that it was written to create some marriage of who these men were uh and their you know and their other relationships their love relationships um who they were uh, in the history books uh, as we see them, and also uh, acknowledge who the actors are and the age of the actors, and make a you know a, a comparison, uh, and make it so that uh, the you know the, the the music and the poetry actually works together, mm -hmm. uh, and you know it, it was. Uh, you know, a major exploration of looking at a lot of images, you know, both portraiture of the of the period and clothing of the period, and then comparing that to contemporary fashion and how the 18th century is reinterpreted within contemporary fashion, you know, so you're looking at all of these images, me and Tommy and, and uh, Andy Blankenbuehler, the choreographer, uh, Lynn uh, became, you know, was invited into those meetings. Um, and then, you know, figuring out how do we best tell the story uh, using costume or, you know, through the medium of costume. And um, uh, I decided that, you know, it really was, you know, they, they, these, you know, the, the founding fathers were upstarts. You know, they were you know, English dudes that uh, were, you know, were... Uh, you know, they, they were protesters. They were, you know, they, they, they had that youthful energy of changing, changing the world around. And uh, that was the same as, and, you know, same ages of these guys that were cast in the roles. They just happened to be 
other, you know, other races. And I, but the energy, I think, you know, and, and I, I believe that what Lynn was after was to infuse that energy into uh, this story that we've all been told uh, with uh, more depth and with more honesty. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, you know, it's like trying to get the guys, you know, the, the, the cast members, the, the, all the cast members, the, the, the women and the men, to wear their clothes and have a relationship with the costumes, with the clothes, uh, in a way that they have a relationship to T-shirts and leggings and jeans and, and sneakers, you know, where, you know, their, their officer's boots are like, are, are worn like sneakers. And their riding breeches are worn like jeans, you know? So, you know, it, it was to get them to feel uh, so much a part of the world that they make it their own, really. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, and then the rest of it is just uh, visually playing a game of chess, you know, so that you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make the images as, as sharp and clear as possible so that uh, everyone understands who they're playing when they're on stage. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. For sure. I think um, when, you know, when you talk, when you're starting to talk about that, that playing of chess and kind of starting to see things like, you know, you, you know, like to some people, you know, there's some people who, you know, who simply count the seconds, you know, and it sounds like, you know, to you, like, you know, you count the minutes because time is such a factor when you're working these kind of productions that when, you know, when somebody's asking like, oh, you know, um, do you need some time, you know, you give like a specific amount, like this is going to take three minutes, this is going to take five minutes, you know, because, you know, of course, time is the currency that, you know, no one can ever have too much of. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, always, <laughs> for sure. And uh, I guess then part of part of that will, you know, what leading up to it is that like, what's that what's that time frame like when you're working with such such a large production? that, you know, that time is much more of a factor, especially when you're working with clothes that are, um, you know, I'm sure most of them had to be made, yeah. you know, had to be built. They're all, all custom-made, yeah. Um, uh, are you speaking of, you know, just the, the amount of time that it takes to to conceive, design, and then build it? Is that what you're speaking of, or, or as far as how you're looking at time? I think, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a better way of explaining it. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, for a Broadway show, for most Broadway shows, you have about, uh, 10 weeks, let's say not, you, know, mm -hmm. you can't do it, uh, with much less time, but 10 weeks of lead time until tech, you know, until mm -hmm. you're looking for, uh, independent shops to deliver clothes to the theater and you've got everybody in the theater ready for the technical rehearsals where everything is coming together. The scenery is in the theater, the lighting, you know, all hung, and then you've got actors and you're, you're, you're working out uh, the, the uh, minute by minute or second by second moments of, the, of, of a production. Mm -hmm. um, it's much less when you're working uh, in regional theater uh they they have you know I, they, they've whittled it down to about four weeks uh mm -hmm. of of pre-production you know what you would call pre-production if you're you know if, if you're in the world of television and film uh that is the time of pre-production and that includes the design time as well as uh the build time uh, for production with film, it's it's uh, much more, much more, much more. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say that it's probably um, you know, like three, three weeks. Well, I mean, you know, saying it out loud, it's it's not that much more. You know, I would I'd say like tw easily twelve weeks, twelve, twelve mm -hmm. to you know, sixteen weeks maybe uh, of of pre production. Um, all of that time is is needed. I mean, all that time is necessary. Mm -hmm. Before yeah. we, you know, on, on something like Hamilton, we had the, the luxury of having a, a workshop period where we were working out uh, exactly how we were hoping to approach the piece. You know, it's a brand new piece, uh, a musical. All musicals are, are very tricky to produce um, and, mm -hmm. they're, and they're very expensive to produce. Um, so you want to know what you're doing when you go in. 
um, we were working, you know, we did the workshop uh, and the first production under the auspices of the public theater in New York. Uh, so our, uh, you know, our first fully realized production uh, was done with some independent shops and also the shop underneath, you know, that, that the public theater houses. Um, and then from that point, we could see what we have and what really worked with the production uh, overall, design-wise, and also from scene to scene. And then notes were taken, and when the decision was made that we were going to move to Broadway, then uh, there were some um, adjustments that we wanted to make. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, specifically, you know, if you, uh, if you were to have seen the production at the public, Jefferson uh, was dressed in brown. He was dressed in brown velvet. And when we went to Broadway, uh, Tommy had the idea of shifting uh, his color to be more in keeping with the performance of Davi Diggs, you know, this kind of flamboyant, uh, expressive uh, you know, character of Jefferson as played by uh, Davi Diggs. And, uh, you know, I was drawn to images of Prince, uh, the singer, and mm -hmm. uh, Jimi Hendrix and, you know, so, so it made him more of a rock and roll star, uh, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in keeping with his appeal, you know, within the, within the production. Um, so there, there were shifts and change, I mean, you know, the, the colors of the, of the sisters uh, and how they moved, uh, you know, throughout, you know, how, how, how they shift throughout uh, that was refined. So it was really, you know, uh, um, uh, about making our work as specific as it could possibly be. Um, and so, you know, if, if you're speaking of time, that's, you know, it's all of that time of, of mounting a full production and then going into another, you know, two, two to three months of prep time before we got to the stage for Broadway, you mm -hmm. know, so, yeah. um, you know, uh, and, you know, it's, you know, speaking to students, you know, that, that's what all of this, you know, where, where you have an assignment, you've got a specific amount of time to do that assignment. Uh, you know, there, there are deadlines because our work is deadline driven. Um, mm -hmm. It's all about uh, making the most of the time that you're given. Um, and, you know, it's, it, we have a joke it, you know, it, in, you know, when you're doing professional theater, it's like you, you have to have two of uh, the, you know, these, these three, three things. You, you, you have, you, there, there's money, there's, there's time, and there's people. And mm -hmm. if, you know, if you've got money and, and time, then you could pull it off. If you, you know, but, you know, you can do it without as many people. If you uh, have have time and people, then you then you can do it. You know, if you've got all the time in the world and, and enough people to do it, then you can do it. But it's, yeah. you know, it's all contingent on having, uh, you know, the, you, you're always dealing with how much time do I have and then what are my other resources that uh, support me in, in pulling the idea off. Yeah, I the, the pyramid that I'm thinking of is a uh, fast, good and cheap. Yeah. You know, if you want fast and good, you know, then it's it's not going to be cheap. If you want, you know, if you want good and cheap, it's going to take a long time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that that balance is definitely for sure. I um, I think um, one of the things I I, I um, uh, unless Megan, do you have any questions right now? I was going to ask like about a little bit more of like transitioning okay. from like in house to like a touring show a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, just like if there was any consideration with I guess the wardrobe department, whatever, since it's not just in a single location now. Now you got to move all those like from place to place. Well, I mean, you know, for most productions mm -hmm. uh, that have a tour, uh, definitely with Hamilton, uh, the the uh, costumes are completely rebuilt. You know, you're mm -hmm. for, for and and really uh, the um, we work to you know uh, have for every new person that goes into the show, they have uh, a brand new custom made set of clothes. Uh, shoes and you know that we're not reusing uh, you know clothes that that have been worn before. Although we do 
uh, have a large stock of clothes from actors that have been on previous, and we use them as stopgap uh, packages so that we can, you know, because, um, you know, speaking of the, the 10 weeks, it takes, you know, at least eight weeks to produce a full package of, of clothing for a given character. So, you know, if, if they hire someone to do a role, to take over a role, they have to give us eight weeks before we can actually provide all the clothes that they need that are custom made uh, for them to go on stage. If they want to get them on or they have to get them on earlier than that, then we go to our stock and we try and put together a, um, a package of clothes that can last for the amount of time that it will take for us to then complete the rest of their package of clothes. Um, for you know, things that we learned, uh, you know, because it's a dance show, heavy, mm -hmm. heavily danced show, uh, we needed m multiples of clothes, uh, you know, and that that's just the logistics of making it all work. Uh, you know, the, the, like, as I was saying, uh, it's a dance show and, you know, the, all of the ensemble is singing and dancing the whole evening. So they sweat through all of their clothes, uh, in the first act and then have a second set of clothes to go into for the second oh, wow. one. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of those get laundered daily. Um, and, you know, things that you wouldn't imagine would go into the, the washer, go into the washer, you know, so that they can then have a, you know, a fresh set of clothes mm -hmm. for the next. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's, uh, you know, it's re really remarkable what the, you know, the, and there's a wardrobe staff that actually oversees all of that. Right. Um, when they're out on the road, there are things that are necessary. There are more duplicates that are necessary for being out on the road because they don't have, in many of the theaters, they don't have access to uh, the stock that we have in New York or they'll have people go out last minute or, you know, so... They have to, um, uh, you know, make sure that they are, you know, geared up for any possibility. Uh, so they they travel with with just a bit more than what we have uh, in New York. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that that was a, you know a learning curve that we uh, finally came to, uh, you know, I, I guess two years in uh, when when we had our first uh, you know tour out mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense having to have more, more because you don't always have everything, every single location. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, uh, they, they also, you know, they, the, the setup of, of the clothes, you know, the backstage setup of the clothes is slightly different as well from Broadway, mm -hmm. uh, just, just in how they need to load in and load out of the theater. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, as far as the look of the production, the design is uh, the same. I mean, you you know you you will see the same show on tour as there is on Broadway. You know, it's it there the the differences are pretty minor, uh, and most of the differences are because there are different actors playing uh, the same role. Okay, yeah, I, I I was one of the lucky ones. I got to see it on tour and in New York. Yeah. Um. So it was definitely like still like visually it was the same show, but uh -huh. it was just inter interesting to see from here from a costume side how that worked exactly. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um. So I I want to make a a transition really quick uh, to a different topic that I think um especially now it's becoming more and more vocal amongst the young designers going to universities and stuff like that, and uh, that is uh, talking about um show uh, you know um schools doing you know more shows that have a little bit more diversity mm -hmm. um and um and kind of like you know trying to you know like because we're we, we want to be able to solve it in this podcast in the next 10 minutes so <laughs> obviously i'm kidding but um i i think um for 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 me personally you know i think um when we when we talk about shows that we're asking for more diversity a lot of times the the first gut reaction is all right we'll do cherry orchard but then we'll cast people of color mm -hmm. and yeah that can, that that can be a, 
a good first step. But I think the steps that we're, you know, that a lot of young people of color designers and um, theater people are asking are, you know, doing shows that have more people of color and talk about people of color stories, you know, and, and not just about, um, and not just Fences, you know, by August Wilson, which is a great piece, but it's always like that first go-to, you know, what they have in mind. But even kind of like, you know, Baraka's, um, um, the Dutchman, you know, that has a very more gritty and darker side of racial tensions in that um, a lot of times, you know, and this is something that we talked about last episode, Paul, but um, this idea of um, trauma porn when it comes to people of color and queer people, that mm -hmm. whenever, you know, these kind of characters are introduced, there needs to be some sort of tragic thing that is so specific Right. to their to their um to their ethnicity or their gender right. or their sexuality um where do you where do you find that you think is the right you know next steps to kind of circumvent that issue like you know being that you, you not only went to undergrad but you went to a graduate a great graduate school as well you know um, um talk about that sure uh, you know uh you know, I was touching on a little bit, you know, when I entered into uh, the professional world of, of theater, you know, and I, I was designing at regional theaters around the, the country uh, and, and then uh, became the uh, uh, resident costume designer at the arena stage. Um, there was, for all regional theaters, there was a lot of... Uh, grant money that was going into those those theaters to uh, encourage them to add uh, diverse uh, playwrights on their season, you know, to, you know, to, to be doing uh, more diverse uh, plays. Um, and, the, and, you know, just as you were saying, you know, there was also the reinterpretation of a classic through the lens of uh, African-Americans or other, uh, other races, you know, uh, you know, other than uh, white races or you know, the white race um, or, you know, Western uh, telling of it. Um, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it was very compelling. Um, and uh, oftentimes it was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't prioritized uh, as far as how the production was cast uh, and effectively presented. So it made for a production that was less than the other productions that were in their season. Um, it, uh, you know, it diminished the power of, uh, of, of having, you know, uh, an all black cast if those you know, if those people that were cast were not as talented as those people that they were putting in their Caucasian-specific uh, shows, uh, their white shows, so uh, it you know it was a disservice to what they were tasked with doing. Um, and I, you know, for you to mention that, you know, we're still in that. Not that we are producing because we're you know there there is. You know, we we've come a long way as far as uh, you know exposure for uh, playwrights of of color. You know, but but we haven't gone far enough. You know, mm -hmm. I think you know there there needs to be more inclusivity. There needs to be uh, you know there there needs to be a a balance of what that is. Uh, it's imperative. You know, and I. I've benefited greatly from being, uh, you know, being parts of production that have really uh, made great strides within the theater community. You know, I, I did Bring in the Noise, Bring in the Funk, uh, that was directed by George Wolf. I did Carolina Change. I mean, you know, there, you know, a, a lot of of theater. You know, that that that's you know, it's what my career is made of. You know, it's like, uh, you know, of, of telling the the. Uh, Black American story, um, but I, you know, I think that we are now at a place where we need to be more expansive. And uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I know that because this is so full of energy, this period of time is so full of energy and emotion and need that uh, once, you know, e even through, uh, you know, the, the, this process, uh, you know, we will develop amazing pieces of, of art, of performance art, of theater, of, you know, ways of expressing the, uh, the, you know, all the emotions that we're going through, all, all that we're grappling with and, and, uh, uh, and, and trying to understand so that we can communicate who, you know, because we're, we're really faced with the very all American issue and story about, you know, how, how we see ourselves and trying to redefine that, trying to unpack all of that. It's, you know, it's, 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 uh, way beyond time um and you know we we shouldn't be just looking at you know recreating classics in 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 blackface it's just not it's not enough mm -hmm. you know, we can honor those pieces and we honor those pieces for the stories that they are telling but let's tell uh you know the stories of 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 black black people of latinx people of asian people uh in a specific way that shows their beauty and culture and uh, and and richness. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, honestly, like I was just captivated by everything you were saying. I, I you know, because it's like it, it's just so true. You know, like we we all have a story, and it you know, and it doesn't you know, and just be in you you like you said like you know black facing you know a, a, you know a show that's traditionally played by white people is it, not enough you know we, we you know we all have our own stories that you know we talk about that you know throughout throughout the process of you know of, of theater of history um i want to now um with our last bit of time that we have left uh to kind of um ask you a couple of questions that we got from our listeners yeah um and um and I'll answer, and I'll, I'll answer, the, I'll ask the first one. Uh, and the first one is uh, from, uh, I'll ask the one from Avon Johnson. And, um, and it is, um, what advice would you give to black designers? Um, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the big, adv uh, you know, piece of advice that I give to all young designers, all, uh, you know, is to uh, be patient, uh, you know, nurture your passion. And uh, if, if you give your all to, to that passion and to your desire to be seen, uh, that uh, someone will see you and, you know, it, it will, you know, then unfold uh, in, in a beautiful way. I mean, you, you know, you, you do have to be, honest about uh with yourself about what your priorities are uh and you know if your priority is to make it as far as you can within the the world of of theater or film or television then you know you go uh with that in mind and don't let anything stop you you know there there are always going to be discouraging moments um, there, you know, I have been through many periods of, of feeling discouraged about, uh, you know, not necessarily specific to, to race or, or gender or, you know, any, any of it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's just about, uh, my own personal connection to what, what I do, how I do it and, you know, uh, how to do it better. What am I getting out of it? And I think that it's very important for all artists to uh, think very, you know, very deeply about what what is it, what is their gain, what is their own individual gain in doing, you know, being a designer. Um, you know, I, I went, you know, a, a great distance being a designer of uh, you know, shows about people of color. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that took me, uh, to a certain, you know, to, you know, to a certain place, but then I also wanted to be expressive in a way that was outside of the stories that were being told about, uh, black people. 
you know, I wanted, to, I did want to design, you know, classics that, uh, you know, that could be uh, broader and more creatively expressed, um, you know, that were in different periods or fantasy stories or, you know, so uh, my career uh, shifted and went in other directions. And that also meant that it broadened, you know, the, the, people that I was working with, you know, the directors that I was working with, they weren't all black directors. Uh, they were, there was a diverse roster of directors that I've worked with. Um, and, you know, I've worked in, you know, for dance companies, modern and ballet, and, uh, and I've done opera, uh, you know, it's so it, you know, I, I think staying open to opportunity is imperative, you know, staying flexible, uh, is imperative. Having an inner core that knows that you can do the work, that you're up to the task of doing the work, is imperative. Uh, having that kind of, you know, that, that self-confidence will uh, take you through. Even if there is a person, you know, some uh, you know, little figure sitting on your shoulder, you know, or, or on both sides, one saying that you can't do it and one saying that you, that you can. I mean, you know, it, it, I think that, you know, you have to internally know that, uh, you, you know, you will succeed, um, and that will, that will carry you. Um, you know, there, there, there are, you know, always, you know, I was, we were, I was talking about, how this is a uh, a deadline-based uh, you know job you know you're, they're always up against a deadline. Um, I think that it is important to deliver and deliver successfully. You know that that you're being hired to do a specific task. Uh, acknowledge that, embrace it, and and do your best to stick to that. Uh, and that that's about professionalism. You know, it's about work ethic. You know, so you have to go into it with, uh, with, with that intent in mind as well. Um, and then, you know, when things, you know, it, it, and, you know, it, it was a number of years into my professional career that I, I looked at what I did. I looked at what I was being asked to do, and I needed to reinvest in what that was for me uh, so that I was in more, more in control of, how I, told, you know, laid out that message, how I told stories through clothing uh, to actually acknowledge that uh, what I do is powerful work, you know, creating the, the first image of a character as they walk on stage, that my job uh, being in that position is uh, very, very powerful to how the story is being told. It's integral to how the story is being told. And I needed to acknowledge that for myself so that I, so that, so that it validated the time and energy that I was putting into the work that I do. That's great. That's great. Yeah, definitely. That, that's awesome advice. I really like the like re revisit yourself every so often right there at the end, just to make sure you're actually getting out what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it looks like Yvonne and a and a crit, I think Yvonne and Janice and we had a couple other questions. People ask like, how did? And I'm also interested. How did you make that transition from theater to film and and television? Because I know that there's a couple of like Broadway for television uh, shows on your on your record. Um, and what advice would you give about making that transition? Sure. I mean, I when I um. When I went to NYU and graduated, uh, I made the decision to stay in New York, uh, and, and it was also because I, you know, was being asked to do uh, theater work. You know, soon after I graduated, <clears throat> there were other classmates that made the decision to go, you know, go west and uh, you know enter into the world of television and film. Now anymore, there's so much more, or there there is a lot of uh, television and film being created, being shot in in New York as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not as much of a, um, a, a you know a question, but you do have to choose as a designer. Uh, 
starting out, you need to choose where you want for your focus to be because the the um, it just is uh, how it is right now. That though that community, they tend to be specific to those uh, the, you know the, those genres. They you know the, the the people that are doing television are pretty much just doing television. Some of them are doing film as well, and then there are a lot of people that are doing film, and those circles kind of you know connect much more than they do directly to theater. You know, those people that mostly do theater just do theater and don't really lean over into the world of television and film. Um, that it, you know, I, I was at a place, you know, this is probably, probably started about 10 years ago, um, but I, uh, you know, had a, a pretty uh, solid theater career going and there was a director, well, it's actually uh, George, George Wolf, uh, asked me to, to uh, design uh, a production called Lackawanna Blues uh, for HBO. And because we had worked uh, on Broadway and at the public theater, uh, that's how we knew each other. And he trusted my work. And so I was invited to do a, I actually just did uh, a, a few scenes that were period scenes, specific period scenes. And then also designed the clothes for the uh, the leading lady of the film. Um, and then, you know, uh, after that, you know, some years after that, I was asked to do uh, the the U.S. scenes of Miracle at Saint Anna with uh, Spike Lee. Um, and uh, so, you know, there it was coming in in dribs and drabs. And I was also really focused on my theater work, um, but. After Hamilton, you know, it, it got to the place where, you know, I've been fortunate enough to do so much theater in so many different ways in different locations in Europe and, you know, in Canada. And, um, and so that, you know, I wanted to check out the challenge of doing, you know, film and television. And uh, so I, you know, I, I offered that up and, you know, I pursued uh, Harriet and was hired to do that. Um, I was asked to do uh, West Side Story with Steven Spielberg. Um, and you know, I was hired to do that and that's coming out soon. Um, so, uh, the, you know, just the uh, landscape of creativity is broadened uh, you know, as I enter into that. And, you know, that's been very exciting for me. The work, the, you know, they, they kind of the starting point of the work and how I do the work tends to be the same, you know, mm -hmm. I'm still doing the same kind of research, you know, the in research in the same way and communicating with the director in the same way. Uh, the process of getting it up and how we acquire clothing and, what we're building and you know what the needs are tends to be different uh so it's just you know it kind of uh you know reformatting what my process is to apply it to television and film you know with with the pieces that i did for television uh the Wiz live and uh jesus christ superstar live that was mainly because i am a designer of a lot of musical theater. So I understand that as a genre and, you know, it, there, it was a direct uh, kind of transfer, you know, it, it just made sense. And they, they well, the, uh, Kenny Leon was the director for The Wiz Live and we had worked together before in the world of theater. Mm -hmm. uh, David Laveau was, uh, does theater mostly, but we had never worked together before. But I already had an in with NBC so they asked me to do that production as well. Um, you never know how, you know, what, you know, a, as you're networking, uh, you know, younger and, you know, coming up, you never know who you will run into later. Um, and it's, you know, and I know that it's kind of a cliche, but it's imperative to, uh, you know, leave the room smelling good, you know, the, you know, don't burn bridges because you never know when you need that bridge. Uh, you never know where you, you know, what your desire will lead you to, uh, to want, you know, to, you know, to want to explore. So, you know, it's really important to, you know, be a people person and really engage and, 
and and connect with with others. Um, you know, it's it, it it is as much a uh, you know a world of communicating and bonding uh, this world of of, uh, of entertainment as it is doing your work uh, in your studio and uh, creating beautiful pictures. You know, so both of those uh, talents are necessary. Um, I, I know you said you worked on Harriet and I saw that also, but like, what did you find, I guess this is more so pointed towards like the main difference between like, I guess in how you work, because like, I know you said the research was the same, but like, I'm guessing there's a difference as to like, what getting the actors on seeing it actually being moved, because I know like film is can be very fast paced, especially with like different locations and stuff like that. Um, at least yeah. I know in the lighting world from like my talks with the guys on set, like it's very fast paced. Sometimes you have the time to take, sometimes you don't. Right. Like what were some differences, I guess, you found from theater and film? Well, for a Broadway show, like with, you know, like we will speak of, uh, uh, you know, of Hamilton, uh, you're building the whole, you're, you're uh, making or building the, whole, mm-hmm. uh, the costumes for the whole production. Mm-hmm. And, and you're building costumes for the understudies as well. You know, so and and that all exists as as a package. For a film, it's pretty rare that you're building the entire film because you're you know you're also you have to imagine that you're you know you've you've got days of background that you know where you're going to need to dress 400 people, mm-hmm. um, you know, at a time you know 400 people in uh, you know 1830s clothing that are going to walk down the street and you'll see them or you won't see them on screen. So it it you know you you it opens up a world and you you know you 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 take advantage of the world of rentals, uh, you know they they've got rental costume rental houses all over L.A. Uh, and then some you know around the country <clears throat> um, that you use to dress much of your larger scenes. And then some of your principal, you know, you use that, those clothes for some of your principles as well. You have the ability to use uh, clothing that is from the actual period. Like, the, you know, for, for Harriet, there were, you know, coats and, uh, and dresses that were actually made in the 1830s and 40s wow. um, that you could actually use because it's a limited amount of time that they're actually going to be worn. Um, that you have to be very careful with those clothes, but, you know, you can actually use them mm-hmm. um, or, or you can rent them. And then there are some things that you absolutely must build, like with Harriet's clothes, the green dress uh where she has to cross the river um you know we needed to have 18 versions of that so that she could make the pass more than one you know so you know Mm -hmm. otherwise we would only get one take and then if you're shooting out of sequence then you've got a uh you know it it would just be impossible to actually affect that so you know you're dealing with a lot of multiples you know the way that you break down a script and deal with how you are creating numbers is is much different, uh, but the uh, the research and uh, how you are dealing with character is very very much the same as if you were doing a theater piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have to uh, you know adjust the, your sensibility as far as how you see reality. Uh, that will be shown in a real room with, you know, a, you know, a, a human or you know, an actual scale, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, in, in comparison to what that would be if it's a, you know, a theater expression, and you know, you're in an abstracted space. Uh, you know, the clothes for Hamilton. There are a number of them that, you know could work in in a you know an actual 18th century room but there are many of them that would be out of place and they're you know it's kind of a modern take on uh you know on, on the period so you know it, it some of that is very subtle awesome um yeah i think thanks for that i just didn't know like the diff the what the differences would be and then having to i didn't even think about like the background characters that you'd have to also dress because there's tons of them yeah (laughs) phil do you want to ask the next question 
Uh, sure. So uh, this one's from Christopher Liu, um, and it is. Uh, I'm just going to read out the whole thing um, just to make sure that it's coherent. Um, I read that one of your major principles in designing for a show is to analyze people and analyze character. Uh, how would an actor who uses he, him pronouns and is male presenting most politely and appropriately express to a costume designer working on a creative team that he, the actor, is comfortable as well with clothing that uh, that falls along more with the unisex and women's wear lining of apparel? Wondering your thoughts on decoding the visual aesthetic and to uncouple the gender norms from fashion, specifically as it pertains to live theater, uh, which seems to be less... Um, um, fluid than fashion or uh, design shows. Um, I think that you know it. it and, and my work is always driven by uh, by character. Mm -hmm. my, my, you know, the, and character interpretation. So a director has hired uh, you know a a a person uh, that that you know it. You know, d defines uh, themselves at you know in, in their their specific way. You know, and and uh, using specific pronouns. Uh, uh, and I, you know, being sensitive to that personally, uh, I would address them in the way that they want to be addressed. You know, I think that that's important, so that you are respectful of who they are. And this is just you know just in any day, you know, mm -hmm. as a coworker uh, with anyone. I mean, I think that it's, it's very important to be respectful of, of, of who the other person is. The, you know, the, everyone is, is cast for a reason in, in support of the story that is being told. So all decisions have to go back to who, the, who is the character? Why is the director cast this person for this character? And how can we best represent the character in a way that is specific and clear for how the director sees this character within the story? Um, and that should all be defined, you know, all conversations should be about that uh, because it's not, you, you know, it, 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 you know if, if there is a person who is, uh, you know, is, sees themselves as gender neutral and wants to pull that into the interpretation of the character. That's a that's a um, conversation that needs to happen directly with the director, uh, and then the costume designer can be pulled into that conversation to figure out how to best uh, support that with with clothing. Um, if they are uh, being cast. Uh, to be seen as a specific gender uh, that that is uh, other than gender neutral, then that needs to be acknowledged as as well. So you know, I th I think that all the way around, you know, it, and it's it's also uh, important to uh, be willing to engage in the conversation. However, that clumsy conversation is going to happen, then you need to be able to engage in the conversation and and arrive at a place that feels positive and good for everyone that's concerned. Um, so it's it's a case by case basis. Let's just, you know let's just say it's a case by case basis, and I think that uh, it all reverts back to who the character is and how are we interpreting it collectively. And what are the best choices for clothing around that? Um, and all, all you know, all uh, options are are open for that, as long as it serves the piece and serves how it's being told. Fantastic. Well, um, unless Megan has any other questions, um, do I you? Think, no, I think we're okay. I'm okay. Uh, thank you so much. Paul, uh, for taking taking this time to talk to us. Of course, mm -hmm. definitely. This, 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 you know, this um, the conversation. I, honestly, I, I I was like mesmerized by the whole thing. <laughs> there was just so much to learn, so much to absorb. Um, where can people find you and uh, uh, reach out to you on the internet? Um, it is uh, uh, Paul Taswell Design. 
mm-hmm. uh, is my website. Cool. Uh, and that has uh, all kinds of images of, of my work. And also, if they just Google my name, uh, just make sure that you, it's T-A-Z-E-W-E-L-L. Um, right on, right on. Uh, then I also have uh, Instagram as well. So I, I'm always posting uh, you know, images of my, of my work or mm-hmm. you know, things that, uh, you know, like with everyone. You know, things that I'm I'm really attracted to. So, right on. And Megan, awesome. where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, um, Twitter is probably the best way. So at Megan Wilson underscore, or you can also catch me live streaming at Apps by MW on Twitch. Cool. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Phil Villar, and my website is philvillardesigns.com. Uh, the music is brought to you by um, by Andrea Allman. You can catch her and all her work on the on the description below. Uh, again, Paul, thank you so much for you know being a part of this conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled to have you, and it was it was an absolute honor. Absolutely, absolutely, it was so much my pleasure. It thank was. You. Thank you so much for dropping by and to and like Phil said, taking the time to talk to us and answer these questions. Also, definitely, definitely, anytime. Mm-hmm.